This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. A lot to get to on this Friday program. Some thrilling highlights from softball and a 2-1 extra inning walk-off win against Michigan on Thursday night. Hopefully you were tuned in, but we got the big plays. If you weren't, we'll also let you know what's coming up this weekend at the softball field. Lots of action. It's not just the Bulls, and they'll themselves have lots of action. Five more games over the next three days, but it is a full wall-to-wall, especially Friday and Saturday, batch of softball contest at USF. Next weekend, baseball begins. It's going to get really crazy, but yeah, this weekend will be pretty eventful. On Saturday, we've got men's basketball at Cincinnati and on Sunday afternoon I know there's another football game going on that day but get to the Yingling Center early for a two o'clock game that can see the Bulls clinch at least a split of the conference title and we'll sort of run that all down for you in just a couple of minutes in our second segment we will preview what else is coming up this weekend with men's golf starting off the spring tennis teams both in action and track and field in Chicago will continue our interviews with a trio of individuals from the squad, members of their record-setting squad thus far, a couple of new ones, Janiah Burton, along with Shavoy Reed, and Arden LaRose will also give you a little bit more of Eric Jenkins. So track and field in our second block, but let's get right to it with softball last night. As I said, a 2-1 to win in eight innings. There were no runs in this game until the sixth when it got substantially crazy. Peyton Dixon, the big lefty freshman, eligibility-wise, it's her second year with the school. She was hurt last year, didn't pitch. And we said that, you know, it could be a situation where the Bulls piece it together. Maybe the starter goes three innings, two and two for the relievers. But Dixon did not even have to look to her left and see anyone warming up in the bullpen. She took command, and even when she had some shaky defense behind her to give the opponent a couple of runners on base in the first inning. She had no issues getting out of it, and then she really got to cruising in the second inning. One and two after the foul off first time. Oh, that is a changeup and a beaut. Freezes Livingston and Peyton Dixon's first strikeout as a bull ends the top of the first. Oh, swung on a miss, and that is a nasty pitch right there. Going away from the lefty. Two and two. And that is a heater take on the outside corner for a called strike three. That is three strikeouts in a row for Dixon. So showing a variety of put away pitches. Top of the second inning, no score yet between the Bulls and the Michigan Wolverines. Here's the pitch. Oh, she can't check her swing. The four strikeouts so far in two innings for Peyton Dixon, the freshman, including striking out the side just then. And doing it with some Pretty good heat, but also with some movement on her off-speed pitches. Peyton Dixon looked very much in control, but so did Michigan's Lauren Drakowski, who was tossing it up there a few miles an hour even more than Dixon was. Drakowski obviously taking over as Michigan's ace after they lost basically their co-aces from the last couple of seasons. Bulls did not see many chances, in fact, on the base paths. Megan Piero blasted a triple with two outs in the second inning, but... Julia Morocco, who's getting the start at third base, struck out after that. And really, the Bulls went down pretty quietly until Piero got a single in the fifth. Yeah, in the first five innings, they had two hits, and she had both of them. On Michigan's side, not much doing. Two out action in the fourth inning, 
and then a single with one out in the fifth, but no problems for Dixon. So it was scoreless going in to the sixth, but for the first time for either team, the leadoff runner got on base, and that turned out to be the difference as Dixon was being a little careful with their number two hitter, Ellie Mattea, walked her to start things off, got a quick strikeout after that and a ground out, but then with two outs... Melina Livingston taps one that's going up the middle. Piero, the second baseman, able to keep it from going into the outfield. Should have been runners on the corner, still 0-0, but she kind of mishandled the ball, got away from her, had a throw home that could have got the runner, but Dixon actually cut it off. It was really her only misjudgment of the night. It was kind of one of those frozen moments, and you felt bad for the freshman who was pitching so well, but Michigan took the lead. Well, the Bulls valuably got their leadoff runner on in the bottom of the sixth. Emily Hanlon singled, got on easily with her speed, and then stole second and took advantage of a poor throw, and that was everything because it allowed Hanlon the tying run to get to third base and meant that you just had to tap it somewhere in the infield and the score would be tied. And after Ryan Eigeman, the leadoff batter with catcher Josie Foreman out due to injury, Eigeman gets the start in the leadoff spot and at catcher. Well, she could not lay off the rise ball of Drakowski more on that in just a little bit. In this case, she strikes out. So with one out, you really want to go ahead and produce here. And a freshman for the Bulls did just that. Two and two. Runner on third. Bulls trying to tie it up. And it's chopped to the first base side. They're going to go home with it. And Hanlon is safe. Bulls tie it up. Alexa Galagani comes through. Didn't hit the ball hard. Didn't need to. And it's one-to-one. As you heard, an awesome crowd, and there were some Michigan fans too. Seventh inning, not much doing for either team. In fact, Durkowski struck out the side. So here comes the very eventful top of the eighth, and with the international tiebreaker rule, a runner gets to be placed right on second base. So what you'll have often is, especially the visiting team trying to put pressure, is a bunt situation in. Well, looked like Michigan had the dream scenario on its end. 2-0 pitch. And that's a decent bunt, and oh, they're gonna call the runner safe, I think. Almost five full minutes later, after plenty of discussion, there's no replay in this scenario, umpires ruled that basically the runner was out. Not sure exactly why, it was a triple reverse as Thole came off the bag, then was put back on, and then came off. We're glad it worked out because there's a big difference in first and third and nobody out, and third base and one out. A defensive replacement comes through, and then a one-pitch, one-out situation for Nettie Hill to get out of the top of the eighth. Remember, Michigan started with the runner on second with no runs. Golfs it. Could be caught by the third baseman. And yeah, that's a good defensive replacement play right there for the freshman Garcia. And there's two away. Rounded to second. And Piero, a tough throw, but it's caught over at first base by, incidentally, Lexi Kopko, who came off to play first base for Jordan Cadlip, who was maybe feeling the effects of that collision. Yeah, a lot of stuff was going on there, and the main point is that the Bulls got out of it with the score staying at 1-1. to So they get to have a runner at second base to start off the bottom of the eighth inning, and in their case, it was Hallie Bryant, a true pinch runner. And remember I told you about Ryan Eigeman? She had struck out her last two times, couldn't hang off of the rise ball. Well, first of all, Emily Hanlon comes up to start off the bottom of the eighth, does her job, and then Eigenman, well, she laid off a rise ball. She didn't have to swing the bat for the Bulls to win. Hanlon last season, if you're wondering, a couple of RBI. Let's see if they send Brian on this two and two pitch. Oh, the third baseman is so far up, the base is there to be stolen. 
and it's chopped to the shortstop, and they're going to advance the runner. Nice job there, just making contact by Hanlon. I tell you what, the shortstop had the bag covered. 0-2, take four. Here's the pitch. And there's the fast, it gets away! Could be the win for the Bulls, it is! A wild pitch, and Hallie Bryant comes home, and everybody comes out of the dugout to surround the winning run score for USF. That rise ball pitch that she got Eigenman swinging and chasing, it sailed way high out of the zone. There really was nothing that Thor could have done. And the Bulls win it two to one in eight innings. I said it was 0-2 take four because, yeah, Eigenman did a good job of just fouling off pitches and was able to hold off on that one. Durkowski is a pitcher that never went beyond mid-70s last year. Again, she was their number three starter, went 113 pitches in this one. So, what a win to start off the season. Even though they just had three hits, that's a good pitcher they faced. Piero with two of them. Dixon went six innings. The run was unearned. And I know we said this as we were signing off the air. She was originally credited with the win, and, and frankly, she deserved it. Six innings, an unearned run, struck out six, just walked two and 91 pitches. But she departed after giving up that run in the top of the six. Lexi Kopko pitched the next inning in two-thirds, and then Antoinette Hill got that one pitch, one out. Well, Hill technically has to be the winning pitcher there. You can't have a save and a walk-off win in the same game. Hill was originally given the save, so she is the winning pitcher, despite having thrown exactly one pitch, 90 fewer than Peyton Dixon, who will just take a very impressive no decision. We expect to see Gabriella Nori get a start today. The Bulls play the two teams from Boston, and it's kind of a perfect dichotomy. You've got Boston College, which is the team that went 20-27 and 27 last year, but 6-18 and 18 in the ACC, which is a very good league, so they were a winning team at a conference. And then that's at 2 o'clock at 4.30. It'll be the Bulls against Boston University, which in a lesser league is picked to win the championship, and BU looked great yesterday. Run rolling St. Joseph's 8-0, and then in a tight one, hit a homer in the top of the seventh to beat Illinois State 2-1. Interesting side note, Boston University, as I mentioned, picked to win the Patriot League. Won the regular season title last year, but got knocked off in the Patriot League finals by Lehigh and Gabriella Nori, who's now a Bulls pitcher. So I'm going to guess that Nori gets the start against BU, which would be more than an interesting side story. Saturday, men's basketball will be on Bulls Unlimited. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock tip the Bulls at Cincinnati. Team that came to the Yingling Center and blitzed the Bulls 85-69 to a few weeks ago. Follow that up with a chance to kind of make a run at an NCAA at-large resume, but lost at home to Memphis, then had to turn around and play Houston. Since then, easy wins against Tulsa and UCF, and then they were headed to a big one on Tuesday night but kind of blew it at the end against Tulane. Had them by seven points with two minutes to go, and Landers Nolly hit a three, and he was basically making the hand gestures like the game's over. Whoops, Tulane gets them in overtime, so Cincinnati will be a little bit angry when they play the Bulls at home. And again, Jim Lighthall and Joy Johnston will be in Cincy at the Fifth Third Arena for that call. And then at the Yangling Center on Sunday, it'll be Bridget Miranda and myself for the call of the Bulls and Houston, a team that... Really tested USF in Houston a few weeks back. Remember, it was a 10-point game with less than a minute to go, and all of a sudden, three turnovers later, the Cougars had two chances to win it at the end. But the Bulls held on because they've held off every single test they've faced. They are 11-0 in the conference, and if they win, obviously they'll be 12-0 with four games to go. Well, 
If they beat Houston, the Cougars will drop to four losses, and no one else has fewer than four losses. So that will mathematically clinch a share of the conference title, which the Bulls could claim outright in their next game, which happens to be in Orlando next Wednesday. But we'll be concerned with this Sunday primarily, and we'll tell you more about the Houston Cougars when we hit the air at 145. We'll tell you about track and field with some more interviews coming up next, along with previewing this weekend's golf and tennis for you right here on Bulls Beat.